the ram that was brought as a ransom for Isaac or Ismail was actually Iblis in the form of the ram. God is too merciful, God is too loving that he would ever allow one of his preferred ones get tortured. He doesn't make his preferred ones get killed and he certainly does not offer up his preferred ones as sacrifices at the hands of non-believers. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you so much for having me today. So today we're going to talk about the crucifixion, okay. right? And uh, whether or not it was a sacrifice to atone for sin. Okay. Okay, because that's at the center of the belief of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. Mm-hmm. It's all about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For Christians, that was the Day of Atonement. And we're going to talk about the Day of Atonement in Judaism and the idea of sacrifice um, in exchange for sin in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay. Okay, so basically what happened is that the Jews were looking for a savior. Uh, they were looking for uh, forward to this great prophet that was to come. And that's why at the time of Jesus, they were asking about him because of these prophecies that the previous prophets and messengers had spoke about, about the coming of somebody who was as great as Moses. And so they were waiting. They were waiting for this prophet that would come and, and, and you know, and not speak on his own behalf. Uh, this savior, this messiah that would rule over all of Jerusalem and bring about a divine just state. Yes. Um, but what happens is that when the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, is sent forward, uh, many of the Jews, they believe in him. A lot of them uh, don't believe in him and deny him. And many are just kind of like sitting on the fences, uh, waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years into the da'wah of Jesus Christ, he, alayhi um, is killed in the apparent. He's crucified. And then there became this problem uh, which had to be solved. Because even the disciples of Jesus Christ who were with him, they didn't even understand. They didn't even know. So that first generation of people, they didn't have the answers. They didn't understand from the conversations that they had face-to-face with Jesus Christ that that this was supposed to happen. It took them off guard. It took them by surprise, let alone future generations to come, right? Yeah. Um, So that's why you see the disciples, they run away from Jesus at the scene of his arrest. You see the disciples denying Jesus. You see the disciples in the New Testament um, disbelieving in the very idea of the resurrection of Jesus altogether, you know, yeah. hence the, the the scene that they have written in there, uh, regardless of its of its true nature, the, the, the scene of uh, doubting Thomas and and how he's kind of questioning the the very idea that Jesus would come back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they thought that the Messiah's job was going to be and they understood from the words of Jesus that he was going to rule. And so when he didn't rule and and he was actually, he died 
on the cross in the apparent in front of their eyes, uh, they didn't understand what to do now. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were hiding at first. They were They were hiding yeah. at first. Yeah. Yeah, they were, so, they were scared. So, so, they, so things had to make sense for them. Now they had to they had to understand like what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. And when they finally decided after writing their gospels to, you know, and their accounts to go out to the world and start spreading um, the message, uh, they basically have to they, they replace Judas Iscariot, um, who had now uh, betrayed and went and committed suicide by hanging himself. Mm -hmm. And they decide to uh, nominate another disciple. And they say that this disciple that we nominate has to be one of those whom physically saw Jesus Christ and lived amongst us. And so they pick somebody else to replace him. Do you know who they picked? Matthias. Matthias, mm -hmm. all right, or Matthias, right? Yes. So they, they choose him. He replaces Judas. But then there's this other guy that pops up, um, you know, and claims to be, to be a messenger uh, from Jesus Christ. And his name is Paul. And Paul writes a lot of, Paul and his companions, they write a lot of the New Testament. Uh, most of that which ends up in the Bible um, that we know today and that we have today amongst us is, uh, is basically it was authored by Paul and, um, you know, and his disciples. It was their teachings, Paul's understanding uh, and, and his explanations for how all of this makes sense. Yes. And his, his, his thoughts, you know, his opinions. Exactly. Yeah. His opinions on things, mm -hmm. you know, which he, which he spoke out. You know, everything from women should shave their head bald if they don't wear the, uh, the hijab or the headscarf um, to, uh, you know, this idea that the reason why Jesus Christ um, died was because he was actually he meant as a sacrifice. Yes, he talked about how Adam brought sin into the world and Christ brought sin out of the world. So he atoned for the original sin. Exactly. So he starts associating Jesus with being this sacrificial lamb or goat, so to speak, that would carry the burden of the sins of the Israelites, mm -hmm. okay, and would be offered up to the Father in exchange for, um, you know, for forgiveness, in exchange for forgiveness and in exchange for the penalty of, of sin. Mm -hmm. Yes. But this became a very big problem, and most of the Jews, they end up uh, rejecting uh, Paul's teachings, uh, you know, almost none of them. Uh, adhere to it and 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 believe in it and that's why paul has to focus on preaching his message to the gentiles and uh, there's a lot of jews that criticize uh, christianity and they use that fact and they always state you'll always hear the rabbis saying that you know Paul had to preach his message to people that did not speak hebrew that were unfamiliar with the Jewish text, with the Old Testament, with the Torah, because if they were familiar with it, they would know that what Paul was teaching was in total contradiction to, um, you know, Judaism, and yeah. that no such idea or concept could exist. 
And they weren't just talking about the, the idea that the Messiah would come and not fulfill, um, you know, what it is that he was supposed to fulfill, but they were also talking about the virgin birth, and they were also talking about, um, in particular, the crucifixion uh, of Christ as being an exchange for the sins of mankind. Um, because in Judaism, uh, they believe that, you know, every man, woman, child uh, are responsible for their own uh, sins, their own actions. There's verses in the Bible, you know, that kind of match the Quran almost word for word. Um, you know, in the Quran, you have uh, you have a verse that says, and whoever does an atom's worth of evil shall see it, and whoever does an atom's worth of good shall see it. And you have also in the Old Testament uh, verses that state that the father shall not be put to death for the sins of the son, nor will the son be put to death for the sins of the father. And so each and every person is responsible uh, for their own sins and this idea of, you know, of a man dying, you know, as a sacrifice, as an offering in order to ransom himself for the sins of mankind, this is, this is non-existent um, in Judaism. It's contradictive, uh, contradictory to, uh, to it. Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely right. Um, I, I think the more that, that you look back and you study the, the Old Testament, the more uh, problems you see with the, the the Christian logic or the logic that was always taught by Christianity uh, with this concept of the crucifixion being an atonement for sins. It's not exactly matching with the Old Testament. No, and you also have specific commandments from God uh, to the Israelites telling them to not do the detestable actions that other nations do um, when they offer their children, uh, you know, or other human beings as sacrifices to the gods, right? Yeah, I, so the, the gods against the idea of human sacrifice. Yeah. Human sacrifice is not allowed in Judaism. Yeah, it was it was what their enemies were doing. It was the what the Baal worshippers were doing. They were sacrificing, you know, their children to to a false god. And so, yes, it definitely wasn't something that God ever commanded within Judaism. Oh. Exactly. And, and, you know, and then Christians and Jews, they differ amongst one another in the very story of the binding of Isaac, right? Where, um, you know, God commands Abraham to go and sacrifice uh, his son. And for Jews and Christians, that son is Isaac. For Muslims, for the most part, it's Ismail. But nonetheless, they, Abraham takes Isaac and he goes up the Mount Moriah and, and he goes to sacrifice him. But at the very last moment, uh, the sacrifice is switched out. It's changed. Yeah. God tells him, don't really do it. I was just testing you in order to see if you would do that, but I would never allow you to do that. And he makes an exchange for the death of Isaac or the sacrifice of Isaac. He puts in his place a, a lamb or a ram, right? Yes. And and uh, so Christians are like, oh, well, see, you know, God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his son, you know, only because God was intending to sacrifice his own son, which was Jesus. And Jews look at it like, oh, no, that's God saying basically that it's impossible that he would accept a human sacrifice. And, and always it's an animal that is in exchange for, um, you know, a human sacrifice. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So animals, ransom, 
human beings. Mm -hmm. This is the idea that is within Judaism, not that a human being can ransom himself for the sins of other human beings. Yes. Judaism, every man for himself, but there are ransoms, there are ways to transfer sins, but when you transfer it, or when you, when, you, when you sacrifice to atone for your sin, it's always done through an animal. Yes. And that's what we see taking place on the, on the Day of Atonement, um, you know, where we have this story. You know, the, the, the Day of Atonement is a very important day uh, for the Jews. And this day is the day where uh, basically Israel gets rid of its sins. Uh, they have all of these bad deeds and the priest comes forward and he offers a sacrifice first on behalf of his own self. And then he brings forward uh, these two goats, mm -hmm. okay, and he casts lots on them. And one of the goats is to be presented as a sacrifice, as an offering for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the other one is going to be offered to Ezazel, mm -hmm. to Iblis, to Lucifer, to the Shaitan. And uh, basically what the priest does in short is that he, he goes and he lays his hands on top of the goat that was meant for Azazel and he transfers by confession uh, and ritual all of the sins of the Israelites from himself and on behalf of the nation onto the goat that's meant for Azazel. Mm -hmm. And then that goat that's meant for Azazel is taken out and let loose in the wilderness and the goat that is meant for the lord um it is sacrificed yes. okay mm -hmm. and uh, and so the idea here is that israel gets rid of its sin by placing all of its collective sin onto the goat and the goat is let loose yeah so then this story itself becomes problematic for Jews when accepting this notion of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because, because they think to themselves, well, if God can load all of the sins of the Israelites onto a goat, what does he need to sacrifice his Messiah or a human being for? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it is strange, actually, that when you're mentioning it, to think that this is a ritual that was done uh, from time to time. It was done periodically to get rid of the sins that it didn't work for the future sins. It worked for the past sins. So it was done uh, to get rid of the, the sins that had been committed over the previous period. And it was with a goat. So uh, why would God need to send his son? It's not it's not very logical. Yeah, no, it's not logical because the goat can is sufficient. Yeah. You know, so if the goat's sufficient, why why do we need to take God's most um, you know, beloved, right? Uh, in the case of Christians, his most beloved son, right, or his only son and, and, and sacrifice him like that when, when a goat could have done the duty. True. And this was God's own instructions in the Torah. This is how he instructed Moses to to tell Aaron to to perform the ritual. So this is God's own words. Yeah. So. And and Christians and and you know have sought to understand uh, this ritual of the Day of Atonement, um, you know, and tie it with Jesus. And they and they came up with many explanations uh, throughout the years. You know, Saint Augustine he had this this ransom theory uh, that he had wrote about and spoke about. He talked about this theory that Adam had sold mankind out to the devil by sinning. Mm -hmm. So when Adam sinned, all his children that came into the world, um, they inherited this sin from him. 
And so they all became the property of the devil. Okay? Okay. And in order to buy them back, God has to pay a ransom to the devil. And so the ransom which he uses to pay the devil, uh, just like over here, the goat uh, was paid in the Day of Atonement as a ransom to the devil. Uh, Jesus Christ is sent forward um, as a ransom, as a payment to the devil. And so the devil accepts the payment, you know, because now he gets a hold of Jesus Christ, whom he considers to be a very big threat to his kingdom. Right, okay. And he releases the souls of all those, you know, pure ones whom would believe in Jesus Christ because that's the deal between him and God. Okay. Right. Okay. But then when the people are freed and when Jesus makes it over to the devil, the devil realizes that it was all a trick. God had tricked him. Uh, and, and how did he trick him? He tricked him because... Because Jesus escapes from the clutches of the devil. He goes into the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And then he escapes and comes back from the dead. Because he was sinless. The devil had no hold over him in the first place. Okay. Okay. It's an interesting theory. I would say that uh, it's it's sort of lacking in evidence. Like I, I'm not really sure the origin uh, of his thought process. Why he's... Um, why he's theorizing this, but it's an interesting theory. Yeah, it's an interesting theory. Um, and they came up with other theories, and they tried to continue to hold on to and push the idea that Jesus was a sacrifice in exchange for sin, okay. because that's the basis that Christianity is on. If you take away that, mm -hmm. um, and you don't believe and you delete also the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi So for Muslims, it's okay that Jesus, um, you know, uh, his dawah ends after three years or that God raises him uh, to him and that his body is, is crucified in the apparent. There's no problem in that because Jesus still fulfills his role as the forerunner to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Right. The story continues. Yes. The story yeah. continues. So there's no problem yeah. um, uh, in that. But for for Christians who want to stop with Jesus and and Jesus having not accomplished or fulfilled the expectations of the Jews in the establishment of a divine just state, it becomes a very big problem uh, for them to to kind of make sense of and, and come up with something meaningful that Jesus did in his life, right? Yeah, because I mean, if he didn't save people by establishing a divine just state, and he also didn't, didn't save people by taking away all their sins for all time, then what did he do? Nothing. Right. I, I think at the heart of it is also the establishment of a covenant. Like this is at the heart of the covenant with Jesus. This is the deal uh, with Jesus that you believe that he made the sacrifice in exchange for your sins and you are part of his covenant. So, yeah, yeah it, it kind of breaks the whole faith. But the covenant itself that he establishes with his disciples, you know, at the Last Supper, like they didn't even understand that. That wasn't even explicitly said to them, no. nor did they understand it. And and like we previously mentioned, I mean, that's why they were all confused after yeah. he was arrested and crucified, right? Yes. So even that very covenant is has a lot of um, you know assumptions that are made and 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 thoughts and philosophies that are added into the mix. Nonetheless, let's um, let's move on to Islam okay. and speak about that. So in Islam. Um, this idea of 
being able to sacrifice something in exchange for something, it exists. Okay, and you have it, for example, in the akika that um, people, parents make, uh, where they sacrifice an animal uh, after a newborn is born, um, after a baby is born, in exchange. You know, so basically, the idea is that any bad things that were going to happen, uh, harm that was going to happen to the child, uh, God ransoms it with the animal uh, by by recreating this kind of binding of Isaac or binding of Ismail ritual where we sacrifice the animal in exchange for our son and God saves that son or daughter from death, from harm, from falling down, from breaking bone, from disease by sacrificing the animal instead, right? Yes. So it's more of a, a sacrifice in exchange for well-being than it is a sacrifice in exchange for sin. Yes. Okay. Okay? Yeah. But it, it is also an animal, like in Judaism, that, the, that they're using. So that's one common point. For sure. Yeah, it is. But the idea of sacrificing something in exchange for sin um, is not directly part of Islam. In Islam, a person can repent to the Almighty, um, and God loves the person who repents, and he has the ability to forgive the person who repents um, without blood being uh, in exchange for that. Okay. 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 We do have a Gnostic text, a Gnostic manuscript called Al Hafta Sharif, which we have mentioned on uh, several occasions. And in Al Hafta Sharif, uh, it speaks about um, you know a few things that kind of make sense of the 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 stories and the 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 incidents that we were referring to in Judaism and Christianity. In Al Hafta Sharif, it says that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, created out of the good deeds and the bad deeds of the souls, he creates the bodies. Okay. Okay? And that the bodies, the physical bodies on this earth are a reward and a punishment for the souls okay. made from their good deeds and their bad deeds. Okay, interesting. Okay? And Al-Hafta Sharif also states that the human bodies, all of the human bodies that are on the planet, they were created and made in the likeness of Adam and meant for the sons of Adam and the sons of Adam alone. Okay. Okay? And all of the, the deformed bodies... Okay, so now there's this idea in Al Hafta Sharif that all bodies, you know, fall into one category and they're split into the bodies that are formed well and the bodies that are deformed. Okay, the bodies that are deformed are the animals, the masch, okay. right? The, the birds, the fish, the critters that crawl on the earth and slither, um, the beasts, uh, the, all of these animals, that these bodies were made from the sins of the people and the human bodies were made from the good deeds of the people. And, and just like the human bodies were made for the sons of Adam, 
the animal bodies were all made for as homes for the evil spirits and the demons and the sons and daughters of Iblis, of Satan. Wow. Okay, so th there's this connection between the animal bodies and sin and, yeah, disobedience. And, yeah, that, that's fascinating considering what we know from the, the very beginning with Judaism and uh, this connection between the animal bodies and yeah. sin. So then when we look into the story of the Day of Atonement under the context and the light of this explanation from al Hafta Sharif, what do we find? We find that the ritual on the Day of Atonement, it makes sense. Yes, exactly. And it's explained fully. The priest is standing in front of God and he's taking one animal, one goat, and he's placing on the goat all of the sins of the nation because these bodies were made from the sins of the people. Yes. Okay? Okay. And these bodies were made for punishment as a result of the sins of the people. Yeah. So the sins that, that came from the people that were in human bodies, they actually belong to the demons and the bad people. So it's going back to that. Okay. 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 Well. And then you take that and you give it to who? You give it to the devil because that's his home. Yes. That's, 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 his, that, that's his body that he was made from. And, and from there comes this idea that the devil comes in the form of a goat, right? Yes. This Baphomet type yeah. of um, creature or these pan creatures or the devil being or the jinn being, half goat, half human. It comes from there. So the goat is sent out into the wilderness carrying the sins of the people because the sins and the body of the animal, both of them, they belong to Azazel and they're the home of Azazel and for the, therefore Azazel to incarnate into and be tortured into. Wow, that's amazing that just that, that one piece of information in this manuscript actually makes uh, this ritual of the Day of Atonement make sense and it makes uh, this association between uh, the devil and goats and all it makes so much uh, fall into place it makes the picture clear yeah and then you have the other goat which is also an animal and it's also a body that's made for satan it's to be sacrificed as a sign so it's as if through this ritual god is showing the priest is showing the israelites that these bodies of the animals they're made for the devil they carry the sins of people and they're made to be sacrificed because death is the penalty of sin and that is what those who object to god or these demons that's what um what they deserve okay okay yes makes sense all those who rebel against god they deserve death okay okay yeah. and human beings they deserve forgiveness mm -hmm. and so the sons of adam that have the human bodies in the end they enjoy forgiveness and in it to sharif it even states that in the very end when 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 every everything every everything will go back to its own jewel is what the manuscript says right so when the believer stands in front of god on the day of judgment um he will be sinless and so they they ask okay mufaddal asks okay so what happens to the sins of the believer and uh uh, Imam Sadiq he says that those sins, they actually belong to the disbeliever. And so everything goes back. So the sins goes back to the disbeliever and he's punished for it. So the sins of all believers get transferred to those whom are disbelievers. All those who believed in the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
The reason why they sinned is because there were generations of mixing between mm -hmm. the sons of the devil, right? Mm -hmm. And between the sons of Adam. Okay. And so their deeds became mixed as well. Okay. And so then you'll have some believers, right? Or believers that will have good deeds and bad deeds. But the reason why they have bad deeds, because the sons of Adam would never or never supposed to have bad deeds, is because of the mixing that took place. And so all of these bad deeds, they end up going back to, um, you know, its source. And that was the disbelievers that they mixed with. And all of the good deeds of the disbelievers, those who believe in the supremacy of man and they believe that they can appoint their own ruler and they don't have to follow the ruler that's appointed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of those good deeds that they did of kindness and acts of this and that it all goes back to um, you know the the believers whom had mixed with their ancestors and um, you know were the reason why they uh, they had this this these good deeds so the good deeds go back to the believer bad deeds and sin goes back to the disbeliever. The disbeliever is the son of Satan. The believers are the sons of Adam. Yes, okay. The sons of man. That, that's really fascinating. Uh, and God is so merciful when you think about it for allowing the believers, uh, those who believe in the supremacy of God, to have this mechanism uh, by which to rid themselves of sin. Yeah. So then... Um, you know, with this understanding, also the story of the binding of, of Isaac or Ismail uh, makes sense. And um, you actually have Imam Sadiq explicitly mentioning the story in Al Haft Sharif and revealing the secret behind it. And so he says in there that um, basically Satan incarnates as Cain. Right, and that uh, Cain uh, ends up killing Abel, and uh, you know the rest of the story. Yeah. And then it goes all the way down to the time of Abraham, and then Imam Sadiq reveals that the very lamb or ram that was brought as a ransom for Isaac or Ismail. Uh, in that story of the binding of of, uh, of Isaac or Ismail, was actually Cain or Amr or Iblis in the form of the ram. Wow. Like it was his soul that was being punished in the state of Masch in that ram. Wow. And Imam Sadiq says that God is too merciful, God is too loving that he would ever allow one of his preferred ones to taste the heat of the um, of the iron or uh, punishment that God the all merciful the all loving the all caring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the majestic he never sins against his preferred one's death or uh, even a state of being tired or any sort of negative or bad feelings. He doesn't make his preferred ones get tortured. He doesn't make his preferred ones get killed. And he certainly does not offer up his preferred ones, the believers in him, as sacrifices at the hands of non-believers. Yes. God, in the Holy Quran, he says, وَلَنْ يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ سَبِيلًا and God would never allow for the disbelievers to have an upper hand 
on the believers. Okay. Right. So yeah. it's God's duty to protect the believers from from you know and and make them be the ones whom are victorious and have the upper hand over the non-believers, not vice versa. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, that's so. If you think about the the reckoning that that Cain had to to pay, like he had to pay for the action that he did for uh, for murdering his brother, and and he was sent into an animal body, and that was part of this beautiful uh, symbolic thing that happened between God and mankind, where God showed that he would never he would never sacrifice uh, one of his pure ones and the the one that is sacrificed is actually Cain uh, the one who is who, it say so? yeah exactly yeah that's amazing yeah it is amazing and so uh, the the story then takes on a new form and a new meaning right yeah and the meaning is is that punishment and death animal bodies they're all uh, they go towards um, you know they're they're meant for the disbeliever and then later on, it shows uh, there's a scene where in the book where Imam Sadiq is with Al-Mufaddal ibn Umar and they're, they're gazing down at the Kaaba. And back in the day, um, they used to have these horns that were hung uh, from the Kaaba before they were stolen. And uh, those horns um, were the horns of the ram uh, that was sacrificed by Abraham. And and so as the pilgrim and pilgrims are passing around, you know, circling the Kaaba, um, they're chanting, they're praising, they're touching the horns, they're they're you know considering the horns to be like this holy blessing. Imam Sadiq starts laughing at them, and he looks. He says, "Look at this backwards." Uh, creation, you know, to Al-Mufaddal ibn Umar. They're over there and they're praising these horns and they don't even know that they're the horns of the devil, right? Okay. Uh, that was in the form of the ram in the time of Abraham. And then he wipes over the eyes of Al-Mufaddal ibn Umar and Al-Mufaddal ibn Umar sees the Muslims that are circling the Kaaba that have uh, abandoned the appointed leaders that were that were chosen by God, the imams, and that follow the um, the appointed leaders of the Muslims that the Muslims had chosen. Uh, he sees them circling the Kaaba in the forms of of bears and monkeys and dogs and swine. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then there's this explanation that's given in there that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just, he didn't automatically bring down Satan and all of his children in the bodies of the animals without giving them a chance first to do good in the bodies of human beings. And that is the origin of why, um, you know, both species are inhuman and that's how the mixing uh, in human bodies and that's how the mixing uh, took place because God allowed that chance so that uh, Satan and his children don't say, oh, well, if we had the same bodies that Adam and his children had, we would have done good. So he allows them to incarnate a certain amount of times as human beings. And when they do that, they fight against the children of Adam. They kill the children of Adam. They do all these things against the oppressed, the children of Adam. And by that, they deserve to incarnate in the, in the animal form. And it is while they are in animal form that God takes vengeance against them uh, for the sins of the Adamites and he uses them as sacrifices in exchange for the sins because, uh, because he's punishing them by making them carry 
the sins of the Adamites for those sins that they committed in the human bodies before against the Adamites. Wow. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. It's yeah. just, it's so merciful and it's so just and God, God gives uh, every, every creature a chance. And, uh, and, and now we understand why, uh, why this, the system of animal sacrifice exists and, and why it's actually a part of the natural order of things. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's actually extremely just when you think about it. It's extremely just. And it also shows how it's not, you know, it's not just these uh, dogmatic rituals and practices that don't make sense. Yeah. You know, but rather it does make sense because it's part of that karmic balance. Yeah. Um, that's taking place. Yeah. I mean, uh, no understanding and really knowing the, the significance of it and why that, why it is that way is, is actually really important because as you said, many people see these rituals as barbaric, uh, dogmatic, just a part of, um, uh, routine. Uh, it's something that people reject about religion. It's something that people have issue with about religion. But when you understand that it's actually part of this cosmic system of karma, uh, it all makes sense. Yeah. And then, and then Al-Mufaddal asks uh, Imam Sadiq about, okay, this concept of ransoming, you know, and, and, and he asks him about, about Imam Al-Hussein and in Karbala and, and, and the sacrifice that Imam Al-Hussein Imam had to endure at the hands of the disbelievers. And uh, Imam Sadiq beautifully so starts to explain to um, Al-Mufaddal, the reality behind Karbala, and not just the reality behind Karbala, but the reality behind the crucifixion as well. Okay. And, and really the deaths of all of the preferred ones of God. He says, he says to him, do you not, did you not read in the Quran when the verse came down about the son of Mary that said, and they killed him not, nor did they crucify him, but it was made to look so? And then Imam Sadiq says, and as such is it with all of the preferred ones of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. God is too merciful to allow them to be tormented at the hands of the disbelievers. And so it was the case for Imam Hussein too. It was the case for Jesus. It was the case for John the Baptist. It was the case for Zechariah. And it's the case for all of the true believers. Wow. God only allows them to be tortured in the apparent, wow. their bodies. But before they taste that torment and that torture, God removes their spirit or their soul um, from their body and he raises them to the heavens above. Um, and he only allows the torture of their body to take place so that it may be a proof against and a reason why God can now carry out the punishment against those evil ones that sought to kill and destroy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now God is the savior. Yeah. Uh, he's a savior who's jealous. He's a savior who's just. He's a savior who protects his preferred ones, the true human beings, all those who believe in his supremacy. He never allows them to be harmed or, or to feel that pain. He takes them up onto himself, just like he did for uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he punishes their enemies. Yeah, because they did do what they, in the apparent, they did do what they intended to do. Which exactly. Is, yeah. And he forgives all of the believers and makes them enter into paradise 
sinless. Okay. By a blood sacrifice, yes, but a blood sacrifice against those who are animals whom are deserving of it because they are the companions of the sin whom sinned in the first place. It's so much more complex than, than we ever imagined, but it's so beautiful and so, so merciful and so just. Yeah. So we'll stop there. And uh, I think we've, we've left our viewers with quite a bit to think about. Yes. And then we'll continue, inshallah, uh, in a future episode. But that, in short, is the view of uh, animal sacrifice uh, in exchange for the atonement uh, of sin and uh, the view on human sacrifice in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. In Judaism, human sacrifice is impossible. It's against the will of God. In Christianity, it is the ultimate sacrifice um, that must be done in exchange for sin. And in Islam, God would never allow for not just Jesus, whom he loved so much and was, was one of the best people to ever walk on the face of the earth. Um, you know, with, 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 you know, nobody being greater than him or the same level as him, except for Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. Um, you know, not even the believers does God allow them to be, to be sacrificed. He protects them and he only brings down the torture and the punishment and allows the knife and the sword to affect the non-believers whom are the children of Satan. So thank you so much, Tiffany, and God bless you. Thank you so much for everything that you taught me today. This is like a, a, an extremely fascinating and extremely important topic. So I really appreciate it. Thank God you. bless you. God bless you. Assalamu alaikum.